With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and the reason I just laughed there was because there was comments made just before we came on, which was just raw emotion from three Celtic fans watching for the first time uh, since 1997 an opening day defeat. This time it's at the heart, it's at the hands of Hearts at Tynecastle, and you know we spoke at half time. Tony, we spoke about having a lack of confidence in a side that goes a goal down. You know. Tony Ralston, you were calling him Ralston Dino after that goal. Uh, even then, even then at that point, how much confidence did you think that Celtic had had it in them to to put this heart side who are newly promoted from the championship to the sword? Did you have any confidence that it was going to happen? Listen, I know we had a wee late flurry at the end. We're going to talk about that. But I'm talking about the character in this side that I can't see. I can't see the character. I can't see the midfield enforcer after 
McGregor's ankle about gets broken by uh, Halliday. You know, I, I I don't see it, Tony. I, I don't think we've got a bite. I don't think we've got an edge. We've just been beaten by a team that are, are newly promoted to the, the Premiership. Tell me about your thoughts um, on that second half. In fact, on that performance tonight. Well, performance is mediocre. The Celtic players lack belief uh, that they, they could actually go on and win that game. Hearts finished the stronger side and Celtic stamina was questionable from the hour mark onwards. 65, 70 minutes. Yep. I think Kevin, Kevin said in the group chat, they, we looked dead in our feet after about 65, 70. And, he, and the same could be said for the other night against Michelin. It's, uh, do you know what? Uh, you know who's to blame for this. Mm-hmm. We've seen it all along. The Celtic board are watching that performance tonight. Come out and tell us what you're actually seeing. This club's in free fall. It's in free fall. I don't care if it's the start of the season. They're in free fall. That's three competitive games, not one win. You have to back, you know, if this is the man that they've chosen to bring success back to the football club, they have to back him. This club needs, that first team needs gutted. Major surgery. You joked about five players. You need about eight players. Celtic need about eight new players. And not just both the Jersey fellas. You need eight quality players. That, I mean, that's just, that tonight's just deplorable. Ralston's goal apart. The cracking goal. We always talk about end product. He produced an end product there. But that apart, I mean, nothing to recommend it. Never did they have many chances after that. Don't think so. And we spoke about it at the start. Sorrow. Sorrow gave away the free kick for the goal, didn't he? Sorrow's... Um incapable Tony of going through a half of football without giving away numerous free kicks and it's a, it's a part of his game you know we talk about uh, players Kevin we, we spoke about Frimpong earlier because we were talking about right backs often there's a part of a player's game that prevents them from taking that step and being a great player and I always felt when I came to Frimpong it was his final ball when I look at Sorrow it's, it's his inability uh, to time a tackle it's his inability to go through a half without four, five, six. Um, challenges that could end them uh, up with him in the book. Ke- Kevin Graham, you'll remember, as many of the, the viewers will tonight, um, that the last time we had an opening day defeat, it was also in Edinburgh, of course. It was at Easter Road 2-1, um, Henrik Larson's debut. We know how that ended that season. Um, Tony Haggart is talking about major surgery in that Celtic side. Yes, personnel-wise, but there seems to be a real rot in terms of the fitness now, Ange Postacoglu spoke about it this week when he, he was questioned again about his backroom team and he pointed out, yeah, there is loads of um, staff in the backroom team, so he wasn't really focusing on the assistant and on uh, Gavin Strachan, which a lot of fans do because they are kind of focal point uh, figures. He's talking about sports science. Um, that team did look knackered tonight and I think they look knackered against Mitchelland. Um That's a huge concern, Kevin, because... You know, this isn't the first time that's happened when a manager's come in and inherited a Celtic side. That team's got the stamina of an asthmatic 75-year-old trying to get up a hill. Um, that's basically what we saw the night and what we've seen against Mitchelland in two games is Neil Lennon's Celtic team trying to play Pep Guardiola's football and it's never going to work. And there's so many of them off the pace. So many of them that... that 
it was really quite. I mean, how often are we going to keep on going back to beat on for him to make the same mistakes? But the, the, there's too many passengers in that side. There's too many passengers in that season uh, in that uh, in that team tonight. Uh, this this is this is a horrible start for Postacoglu. An absolutely horrible start for Postacoglu. His journey his story has they started off very well, and I mean, we had fans booing when we were getting beat three one at half time of West Ham. I fear what's going to happen within the next couple of months because I don't think this is a vote. I think we're going to get worse before we get better, and or we could get worse before we get better. Eh? And tonight we just look like a rudderless ship, clueless. Rudderless ship. Uh, Cal McGregor tried his best, but he's got guys there who are just empty vessels to go along with the empty suits sitting in the stand. Uh, we've got. Our goalkeepers actually probably play rock, paper, scissors to decide who's actually playing. We've got a fullback who couldn't get a game for St. Johnson, and St. Johnson didn't they want him back. We've got Beat On, who, as I say, keeps on making the same mistakes mere and mere again. You brought in Car Stahl, uh, Carol Starfelt tonight. That's Dave Wu, proportions their debut tonight for him. He's completely unlucky, right? He hasn't played for me. He's had a half a training session with us and we throw him in and he looks like that. No surprise, absolutely no surprise whatsoever. You've got Eddie up front who, look, he looks like a man that's cancelled his removal man, his, his removal van three times but still living out boxes. Just get rid of him. Just punt him. Anybody that doesn't want to do, be there, get, get rid of him the way. This is, this is it. We're... we're, we're we're not even at the bottom of what we're going to do. And the, anybody sitting watching that night, Hearts were by far the better team tonight. Hearts we were hungrier, far, certainly hungrier, Kev. That, that, that last 20 minutes, you knew what was coming. It was no surprise when they scored. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, fair play to Hearts, all credit to them tonight. And I'm looking forward to challenging the top six if that continues any longer. We we, we mentioned um, at the at the beginning of the the show tonight, Tony and I, uh, about that question, Kevin. You know how all it takes. I mean, Celtic have had numerous poor um, transfer windows, and that is you know one of the reasons why we are where we are. You know the wafer thin squad. The fact that we're going into Tynecastle once again, we're throwing someone in for the first ever game, competitive game in a Celtic jersey um, against Michelin we had to give Murray his first ever start in a Celtic jersey we shouldn't be in that position but this is uh, gears it's, it's a number of transfer windows that has got us where we are but other clubs continually to make small steps in progress and the big concern is yes we know uh, going by last season, that were certainly second best, or even third best. We go to a, a stadium like Tynecastle, where you know, on paper, you think we, we've got to be able to beat a, a team that's just come up from the championship. But when every single one of their players is organised, Kev, they've got a game plan, and you know that you see Suter there after the injuries that he's had. Uh, he would have done anything to get to that ball. Which player in our defence was wa- matching his run? Which player in our defence had the same desire to win that header? Because I didn't even see a challenge. Now, that concerns me because that's a prerequisite. He wearing a professional football jersey of any description, Tony. Um, and what I seen tonight was extremely worrying. Now, you get knocked out of Europe. That's four times in a row. We're knocked out of the Champions League during the qualifying stage. Um, and I'm not going to say there was a sense of inevitability about it, but this is the real deal. This is the bread and butter, and we can't even get that sorted. 
Kevin said it there, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Strap yourself in. You know what I mean? That, 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 how Celtic went to that ground today worrying about a team that came up from the Championship. They'd have a right to worry. You know, we stayed at the top, the top of the programme that we thought that was a team that was geared up for winning and not to get beat. Thank goodness, how wrong, how wrong were we? I mean, he, Celtic are bereft of anything at the minute. Cohesion, structure, discipline, organisation, you know, a game plan, a, a style, you know, uh, just that, I can't, I can't see it, what, what, what we're meant to be doing at the minute. I don't blame the manager. This, this just goes right, myself and Kevin's bugbear, those at the top, they fail to arm this manager and he's getting more and more frustrated and he's cutting uh, a forlorn figure in that technical area because he knows this team are substandard. There's substandard players in that team and as you say, where's, where's anyone's defense in the defence desire to go and head of that? But you know there's a cross ball coming in it's yep. the last minute of the game. You know, posted mission. I didn't think that, I don't I don't think it was a lack of desire, Tony. I, I just think it was a lack of fitness. They just didn't have the they, they just didn't they, they just didn't have the, the anything in them to do. Desire to go and win that ball, Kevin, it's in the air in the last minute. You know it's coming into your box. Throw everything at it. You know what I mean? Just get in front of, of Suter and just you know, free header. I mean nobody near him. You know, basic stuff. You know, and, and and how many goals did we watch like that last season? And then we all said, ah, well, it can't get any worse than last season. And oh, it's going to get worse than last season. It's going to get worse. Of course it is. That to me is worse than last season. You know what I mean? I, I, heard, your, I heard your comments at the start, eh? And actually for myself, I'm going, look... Have a, have a look where we are. Have a look where we are as a football club. Have a look where we are all over the top, the, the ship. Eh? And we were rightly worried going to Tyne Castle tonight playing a team of journeymen who were who basically for the last half hour wanted to win that game more than what we did. And yeah. that's that bottom line. And um, folk, I see folk in the comments going like that. I you can't say hearts for a better football team. Well, until the last... 30 seconds there, Craig Gordon had hee-haw today all night. Absolutely nothing today all night. And that, that, that says everything. Scott Bain was a busier goalkeeper. Bottom, bottom line, bottom line, Kev, right, talking about uh, you can't say hearts for a better team. There is never an asterisk to say, but for 35 minutes we had 70% possession, but for 20 minutes we had 80% possession. They beat us. We're sitting bottom, second bottom of the league. Rangers have already gone out and done what they're going to be doing most of this season. Got the job done. We, we've been unable to do it. What was two of the many issues we had last season? The first one, we didn't know who was going to be in goals. We didn't know who the number one was. And we didn't have a defence that could defend a set piece. What were two of the biggest issues so far since Ange Postecoglou's came in? Exactly the same. So a couple of players have changed here and there. But I tell you what, there is, there is a deep-rooted issue right through that football club at the moment. Ange Postecoglou... I think would be a miracle worker if he's going to turn this round because it goes even beyond what's happening on the, on the park. I mean, you've got a board of directors, Kev, who for me are completely unfit for purpose. Completely unfit for purpose. You've got Don McKay coming in, and I'm I'm betting you that he is shocked at the lack of strategy at that football club. And Poster Cogwell's coming in, he will be shocked 
at the lack of depth in the football department. He'll be shocked at the lack of um, recruitment options that he has available. And he'll be shocked that when he wants a player, it doesn't get over the line. What's happened to the right back we're meant to be signing a week and a half ago? You know, and I'm not taking away for Alston. We've stood up for him. He scored an incredible goal tonight. Um, you know, that's going to be shown time and time again. But the bottom line is, we got beat tonight. And since Andrew's come in, we, don't, we still don't know what the story is with the goalkeeper. Scott Bain made a good save tonight, by the way. Otherwise, it would have been it would have been even worse. But on the other side of the park, Kevin, we've been beaten tonight by a team whose goalkeeper, who pulled off two worldlies at the end, was a reject at Celtic by the end. Let's not revise the situation. He was nowhere near the first team by the time he left Celtic. Gary Mackay Stephen opened the scoring tonight. He was nowhere near the Celtic team. So there's something more than ability that's lacking at Celtic Park. There's something more than just that desire and that ability. There's a deep rot set in here. And um, I think what Tony says, strap yourself in. You get criticised for being negative. I tell you what, I want to see this working. I really want to see it working. You've got Edward up front, Kevin. Here's the point. Just get rid of him. Nobody wants him. The team we thought that were, uh, um, you know, haggling over a price apparently haven't even had an inquiry. We've not had an inquiry from Brighton. So, yeah, it's great. It would be brilliant to get £20 million and move on. But what if you're served up with performances like that so often that the scouts aren't even interested and the teams aren't going to be... Who would who would spend £20 million based on his performance, his, his three games this season? Seriously. Uh, 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 I can't disagree, Paul. And it goes back to my... It goes back to what I said last week was... This, this club has rewarded failure at every single level from the bottom to the top for the last decade. And I'm not talking about domestic because we have been successful domestically, but I'm talking about like failure at the highest level that we can get, which is getting into the Champions League, which is getting a free run at the Champions League. And we've rewarded coaches, scouting Guys who have failed at their job at every corporate level of Celtic Football Club and they're sitting there still comfortable. And I, I'm not advocating anybody to lose their job, but the club is stale. It's rotten. It's a, it's a dead fish. That's what it is. And and it's made its way down to the players now. I, I, says, last, I says last week that the club prepares to get beaten in Europe. The club prepares to get beaten in these qualifiers and the players now believe they get beaten in these qualifiers because it's a mindset that comes from the top. The mindset from the top of that club is lazy and it's getting through to the players now and we need an utter root and branch change. And that could mean that some of the guys who we reckon it can do a job can get out the door. Kevin, remember remember the episode some time ago, by the way. Um, I mean, I, I don't even think it was this year. And we said... Fat, arrogant and lazy. Remember we said that and we didn't mean physically anybody was overweight, but we spoke about the club and that's what how we described it, Kevin. Now, I'm not seeing much improvement in that, um, Anthony. Now, obviously, what I seen last season was excuse after excuse after excuse where I would much rather have seen responsibility being taken by a number of different individuals at the football club. If you want to stick to that kind of narrative, you'll come out tonight and say, I bought... Halliday should have been sent off. Aye, but Abada might have been onside. By the way, I think he was, Tony. I know that you you disagree, and that's absolutely fine. And we can talk about that. But you know what? These two little moments aren't the reason we lost that football game. And I'll say aye, but we get beat 2-1. Yes. Three for 20 million quid, you could probably buy the whole Celtic team right now. You know what I mean? And it's just, Kevin's right, and I touched on it there. This club's in free fall, by the way. Someone has to address this. 
this club is in free fall and a, a major downward spiral and you can be blind faith and as optimistic as you want and, and say oh you shouldn't be criticising the club why not we're criticising we're not criticising the club we're criticising the people that are running the club and that have allowed this to happen and who have been warned constantly for the past two or three years don't fall asleep at the wheel don't get fat lazy and arrogant don't you know don't get complacent and this is what happens mm-hmm. you a manager here who's just like he, he doesn't know he's he's walked into the wrong movie set with three competitive games we've looked knackered in every one of them after an hour 65 minutes and they've not got a result and we've lost to teams that are disciplined and organised mm. wow wow yeah. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Disciplined and organised. Notice I didn't say they're good teams. They're just disciplined and organised. It's not that, Tony, as well. We're giving up, all over the shop. Sorry, Kevin. We're giving up chances against these teams as well. I know that. And, 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 I, and I wouldn't be bothered if we were creating chances at the other end, but, yeah. we're, creating, but we're creating nothing. We're well, absolutely I, creating nothing. An edge. Nothing. And that's what happens when you play a striker that's heads at the door. But how, many, how, how many times do wine players, Forrest uh, and Ralston, get a uh, bad and get to the byline the night and pop in a ball as if they were trying to hit Easter Road? We know it, we know it. It's one of these things, and you can say it's a lack of time. Yes, we are in a major transition, but the fact that we've got to this point is all down to one thing, and it's down to years and years and years of mismanagement, yes. years and years of us allowing the mismanagement. And I'm part of the problem because I'm, I've, I've renewed my season ticket. I'm part of the problem. It's letting these, which letting, which letting this board away with it, and I know I'm at. Kev, you know, we're talking here about a situation and you've spoken about it time and time again that has been allowed to happen because we both, we all know that success masks a million deficiencies, right? So, yes, you were very vocal about it, Kev, and you came in for a fair bit of criticism for talking about it when we were winning and now you're talking about it because the, it's come home to roost. Now, the, the problem I've got with this is that what we required was the the kind of manager that could come in, and we spoke about it before the game, a Martin O'Neill type of manager who could come in and manage the transition. There is now going to be doubt. She pulled up a, a comment earlier on, just very briefly, about when does Ange become accountable for this. There comes a point where that's what the question will be. There'll be no more, there's the old board, Kevin, 
and you just stapled on Mackay on top of it, what will happen is that's the board. You're all part of it. You're all accountable for this now because you've all got the ability to make decisions and make changes. Do you feel, Kev, that the Celtic board have already been willing, because of the, the level of transition that we're going through, to admit defeat this season? Are they already writing this season off because they're so slow to act, they're so slow to bring in the level of player that we require, not only to progress in Europe, by the way, but obviously to compete domestically. It feels to me as though they had already written this season off, which is unacceptable. I heard, uh, I was out in the car earlier on, and I heard um, St Murn manager Jim Goldwyn, and he says they were talking about the boy McGrath that plays in the centre of St Murn's midfield. Yep. And Jim and Jim Goodwin says about, he says there's four weeks left in the transfer window, and I went there is four weeks left in the transfer window, but we want everything done yesterday because everything needed done yesterday with Celtic. But there's four weeks of this transfer window left, and there's nine months of the se- uh, nine months of the season left. Am I writing off the season? It's far too early to write off the season, but I'm not writing off what I hoped was when we get back when we when we get to January, we're still in touch. And that hasn't changed, and I says that weeks ago, because this is this is a long haul. This is not a quick fix. This is not a Martin O'Neill fix, this is not a Brendan Rogers fix. This is this is one that we need to strap ourselves in and this club needs utterly modernised and we need to we need to hope, pray to whoever you to the to owners to the pray to own Archdeacon that Ange Postacoglu and Don Mackay are going to modernise this football club and it may take time and we may just need to write this season off. But that's what we need to do. And if that's what we need to do, we need to do. See the thing, Tony, I look at it slightly differently because I would never write anything off with Celtic as a fan. As a fan. However, I don't accept transitional seasons. You, you can modernise a club, you can do a long-term modernisation of a football club while still performing on the park. Still being competitive, I, I mean, that, see that writing it off, see if they've wrote it off, they want to come out and tell people that then. You know what I mean? Because that, that, that's, that's unacceptable for any Celtic team to have a transitional season. I, I just, I refuse to accept that. And I think they're ripping fans off if that's their mindset. If they genuinely think they're, you know, oh, Ange will take Ange cut, like, no, 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 that's unacceptable for any Celtic team to be uh, in a transitional season or writing a season off at any level. You know, and, and I, I, you know, that's just, honestly, that those words grate me. I don't... The, th- I don't, the, the thing I, is, Tony... I don't get thing- it. I, I, I kind of I try and be lucid and articulate when I'm on this, but See those words, they would make me damn angry. And a lot of the Celtic supporters as well who were told, if you give us your season ticket money, as Kevin's just alluded to there, we will fund this man's spending spurs. This isn't this isn't about one game. I want to make that point clear. This isn't about yeah. one game against Hearts. This is about the inability yeah. for Celtic to get their act together. This is about the inability to get the man in the job um, early enough to rebuild a team that's fit for purpose this season, Tony, like you say, and you can go on about a long-term modernisation of the football club behind the scenes. Um, so, no, it's not a knee-jerk reaction. We've been talking about this for a number of months, and it feels as though the inactivity of this Celtic board 
the inability of them to act quickly enough and to strengthen quickly enough will see a situation where, as Kevin says, he, he wants to still be in touch and distance by the turn of the year. Kev, we're going to be up against a team that's not going to give much away. We, we spoke about that before the game as well. Even if Celtic had a good season last season, it would have been a title race. It would have been, and it's going to be the same this season. I was when when we got to the last five minutes, and I was hoping to hold it. I'm going that well. That's one point closer to the ninety that we're probably going to need to get to have any chance of winning the league. Now it's no points closer to that ninety that we're going to need to have any chance of winning the league. Paul, you make a fantastic point, and it's something that I, it's something that I've been thinking about for quite a long time. The only person. It's different doing these transfer deals as Don Mackay. The guys behind them are all the same. The guys behind have all been there for the last decade who who only know how to drag their feet, only know how to, to squeeze one more dime out the club that they're trying to get, they're trying to sell, they're trying to deal with. These guys know nothing different. We need to, That needs completely gone. That needs completely gone. And we need somebody to come in and knows how to do football deals. We're good at the business side, getting sponsorship deals, but we're not good at the business of football, i.e. that is scouting and getting players in the door when we need them. Now, you're right, Kev, one man. One man is not going to change all that. That's going to take time. But I think that as a football club, and with the fact that we've had the backing of the fans last season and this season, um, when you know there was no guarantee when we'd all get back into the, the stadiums, they have had enough you know, in terms of finance to get the team right on the park. And that's down to the incompetence of a board who failed to act, not only when it was time to get rid of the previous manager, but they failed to act quickly enough when they had to bring someone. 106 days, unacceptable. Then you get a guy in in, in the job who's given 40 days before his first Champions League qualifier to put a team on the park. Totally unacceptable. Well, six months since Neil Lennon left. Six months and that team resembled a Neil Lennon team, Bar Starfelt and Furuhashi and Abada. Yep. Outrageous. Mm-hmm. How can you ask any manager? To turn in? And we're not writing off the season. But see, we're talking about those upstairs whose mindset might be to write off the season. I've not written off the season. Neither's Kevin, neither of you. But you like say, you know, you're making the point that those upstairs. Are they writing off? And you have to say at this moment in time, they have, because they've mm-hmm. not armed the manager with anything since he came in. You know, as, as I alluded to before, when he came in, there should have been a raft of signings after him, because this is the guy that they said was second choice to Eddie Howe, they'd been coping him for a while. So surely they should have said to him, you're the man, start identifying targets, and we go bang, 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 new manager, new defenders, New midfielder, new new strikers. How the how the Odson Edward thing has got down to this point as well is beyond me. And as Kevin says, we don't have the right people at the club dealing with these issues. You know, because if someone was at the club dealing with those issues, Odson Edward would be away. Because he's unhappy, but he would be he would be the man that was dealing with football transfers, a DOF, call him what you like, you know, and scouts going out and saying he goes, this man comes in, this striker comes in. It's so disjointed. And, you know, and they've let it come to this. They've allowed it to happen, as Kevin says, over a, a long period of time mm. when they just thought, you know what, 10 in a row is a certainty. 
you know, no bother, domestic success, fine, parochial slogans, you know, a barbed comments when you're announcing sponsorships you at your rivals, stuff like that, you know. Well, I tell you what, the rivals are laughing at them now, big time, because they are, Celtic are in a massive state, you know, a, a, a state of emergency, really. Mm. But that club needs gutted. You know, how many players do you think we need to turn this round? Is Virgin on a new team? I said eight. Um, that's a conservative estimate. You know, this, you're, you're spot on, Tony. But see the thing that, again, that we're getting served up. That there's two things I want to pick up on that yourself and Kevin have spoke about tonight. Kevin says, I'm part of the problem. No, you're not, Kevin. You're no part of the problem. There's been a situation when the club, right, I've had the fans over a barrel because if we don't renew our season tickets because of the, the pandemic, because of the financial hit that any global industry has had, including football, if you don't do it, then there's a concern over the future of your football club. So I don't blame any Celtic fan for renewing their tickets. And I know that there were people saying, don't buy merch, don't buy season tickets. I was never one of them. You know, you cannot put this on the fan. The second thing, the second thing I would say, Kev, is... Yeah, you're right, Tony. They said about Ange Postacoglu uh, being tracked for a long time and, you know, we were, we were tracking Eddie Howe and dealing with him and also speaking to Ange. You're not telling me Ange Postacoglu was the second choice after Eddie Howe because, Kev, there's, there's other managers who were approached. You know, there were other managers who were approached before Ange Postacoglu was unveiled as a Celtic manager. And that's a fact. And eventually that will come out. It seems to be that managers, out of respect for the club, don't like to speak about it for a while. Then you find out that when Ronnie Dyla got the job, Steve Clark was spoken to, Henrik Larson was spoken to, Roy Keane was spoken to. You find all that out later on, Kev. And that's what will happen here. There's no way there was two men on that list and Poster Coglu was the second name. No way at all. And by the way, there will come a point where he's, where he, where he's culpable. There will come a point where he's accountable. Well, well, you know something, right? I, I bang on about the board. It's one of my favorite. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite subjects, <laughs> and uh, everybody knows me. Uh, as know, I've been banging on about Peter Wall and the board for about six, seven, eight, nine years because. You could actually see the way that the club was run from top to bottom, from the ticket office to the executive section to all the way for it. It was rotten to the core and it is rotten to the core. But on a football inside tonight, Ange playing beat on the steady Welsh is a, is a mistake. It was a mistake at the start of the game. Beat on should never have been near that team after he let Ange down against Mitchell. Also, as well, you've got you've got to say he's made the subs far too late when we're dead on our feet one, mm-hmm. once again, uh, and we look. He's not going to change. He's not going to change what he's going to do, but he must. He must actually see himself that pointing out not making the subs quick enough is is, is uh, damaging that side. Playing Beaton's a mistake tonight. Playing Starfelt's a mistake tonight. And not making the subs quick enough is a mistake tonight. If you're looking at pure coaching mistakes, but I understand why he played Starfelt and understand why he threw a Furahashi onto the game as well because there has, there has players 
and admitted himself in the in the press conference that he says that uh, when the guy asked him, "Well, Star felt fit your style," he went, "Well, that's why I signed him." He was he was very brutal. He he, he pinned his tail on that. I was going to call him a donkey there. He pinned his tail on that donkey. He pinned his tail on that uh, on on that signing. He's pinned his colours to the mast, eh? Yeah, aye, aye. Nailed his colours to the mast. I think you'll find. Yes, aye. So, so he's, he's nailed his colours <laughs> to that man. Thank you, the Axel Wordsmith, for saving us on that one. Uh, so, it's up to him. Now, I found it interesting that he actually says, I don't need help coaching, but we need help in the sports science and the conditioning. Mm-hmm. That shows to me, and again, this has been stolen for Tony because Tony says, says this months and months ago, this shows that we are an analogue club in a digital age. Yep. You're not the first one. You're not the first one that's stolen it either. I bet I'll still credit Tony for it. I know I stole it, and I didn't credit him. <laughs> but, it, but it's true, isn't it? It's yeah, true. it's true. When you, when you hear statements like that, and and you worry, you, you, that gives you grave concern moving forward, doesn't it? That they are now play, they're now playing catch up big time, big time. <laughs> you know, and and I agree with Kevin to an extent. You know. He's, he's been absolved of any blame because he doesn't have the personnel. But, you know, in the Michelin game and, uh, you know, tonight, I didn't see much of Andrew reacting to circumstance. You know, hearts started to pummel us after an hour. You know, you, then you would think, OK, maybe time for fresh legs. Mm. I mean... And he kind of let it go and let it go. I don't know when did the subs come on. 75, 76? 78, 78 minutes. 78 minutes, aye. You've got 12 minutes to sort of make an impact. And that strikes me as being kind of throwing them on and hoping that the ball falls to them and they, and they score. And they, and they dig you out a hole. You know, rather than more tactical, you could see we were getting overrun. That the legs had gone. Aye, they looked, they looked a bit done. But, the other, the other mistake that I'm going to say as well is keeping sorrow on. Ah, yeah. Well, that, that's... Free kick and people are saying it wasn't a free kick. I don't care if it's not a free kick. It's been given and they've scored the winner from it. Right? If, if there's one position that we need to be looking at, and again, there's loads of positions that we need to be looking at, but if there's one position that we need to be looking at is to replace sorrow. Yeah. Sorrow, sorrow will not do in Angie's formation point no. that wrong. No. And I, okay, if I, and, I, and I think that's extremely clear. And I also fear the early days, what I've seen of David Turnbull in that formation as well. Interesting that you, you bring that up because remember Alan Morrison warned us about it a few weeks ago. He was on the show and he said, you know, he, he rates David Turnbull, but he doesn't think he's going to fit the system. And he spoke about that on a, on a Saturday show. So that's interesting. One final thing before we go. Yes, I'm not forgetting the fact that Halliday should have been sent off. Just seen it again from a different angle there, Kev. The ankle was the only target that Halliday had in his sights. And he's right in front. He's right in front of the ref when he does it. You know, that he's right in his line of sight. And it's a sending off all day long. But... We've got bigger problems and a couple of poor refereeing decisions that uh, may have been made this evening. It's been uh, busy tonight. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, hitting 3,500 live, which shows the frustrations of many Celtic fans who often come on to vent. Sorry I couldn't get more of your comments up on YouTube 
uh, Twitter and Facebook. But please keep getting involved and please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Tonight there will be a prize draw for the Verve Platinum Disc. I know Kevin Graham wants to win it, but he's ineligible for for a winner's prize. Um, It will be drawn tonight and we will announce it tomorrow who's actually won that platinum disc and straight off the bat tomorrow there's a new prize and it's a Fratelli's um, uh, Fratelli's Castello music platinum disc as well so we'll show you that tomorrow or on Monday all I've got to say Tony Haggerty always a pleasure and uh, Kevin Graham thank you for joining me despite the result on a Celtic state of mind and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spaniel. Leto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.